Hey, y'all, we're back. Let's sit down. We've been talking about reloading uh past couple times, three or four times, but let, let's get back to guns here. Well, courtesy of a fellow named Matthew Ross, he gave me a good understanding of the Colt Peacemaker. It was actually known as the Colt Army Revolver. And uh, on October 26, 1881, shots rang out in the OK Corral, and within the first 30 seconds of the shootout, three members of the Clanton gang were killed. Men on both sides, including Wyatt Earp, Doc Holliday, and Billy Clanton, would become legends in part because of what happened in Tombstone, Arizona. But also, they were firing a legendary weapon also. The Colt single-action army held many names over the years. First came its clunky official title, the New Model Army Metallic Cartridge Revolving Pistol. But soon it became known as the Frontier, or the Equalizer, or the Model P, and most famously, the Peacemaker. There was uh, no peace that uh, October day in Tombstone, but uh, the shootout was one of many that cemented the reputation of this six-chambered gun that saw more than 20 years of service in the United States Army and became the iconic revolver of the West. To trace the story of uh, the Colt 45, you've got to go back 45 years before the OK Corral when Samuel Colt patented his first percussion revolver to, in uh, February 1836. Colt plugged away on wooden models and technical drawings until Baltimore gunsmith John Pearson forced a working prototype. Colt soon set up a patent arms company in Patterson, New Jersey, and the town gave its name to Colt's first production revolver, the Patterson. In the early models, they all required the barrel to be removed before the pistol cylinder could be reloaded. Now, during the late 1840s, Texas Ranger Captain Samuel Walker improved this design, making it robust and reliable enough for field use. A flood of firearms followed, including the Colt Dragoon, Colt 1851 Navy, the Colt Army Model 1860, and the Colt M1861 Navy. Although Samuel Colt died in 1862, his company found its future by selling tens of thousands of percussion revolvers to the Union Army during the American Civil War. Before the Colt single-action army pistols used percussion caps, uh, the early ones did, to ignite the powder charge that uh, had to be hand-loaded into each chamber of the revolver cylinders. This is a slow and cumbersome process. Now, however, by the mid-1860s, the self-contained metallic cartridge emerged, and a few years later, the U.S. Army was looking to adapt a new cartridge revolver to replace its increasingly obsolete percussion pistols. Early on, Colt was at a disadvantage. Many of the company's open-top pistols were inherently weaker than the full-frame revolvers such as Remington's Model 1858. In 1870, when the Army tested Colt's latest revolver, they complained that the 44 rimfire round was too weak and that uh, the open top design was too fragile. So shortly after that, uh, Colt produced a pistol that fired more powerful centerfire cartridges and had a stronger, more durable frame. William Mason, along with his fellow Colt gunsmith Charles Brinkerhoff Richards, became <laughs> began to work on the 1870 design by incorporating a top strap, or a back strap we call it today, to increase the strength of the revolver's frame and remove the need for a barrel wedge. And now, that's one of the biggest weaknesses of previous Colts, by the way. Uh, the new pistol would become the 45 caliber centerfire Colt single-action army. 
The iconic revolver had a, a six-chambered cylinder that used a lo uh, loading gate on the right side of the receiver. To load the pistol, all you had to do was simply half-cock the hammer, open the loading gate, and drop the cartridges into the chambers. Uh, to unload the spent cartridges, or cases rather, you had to line the chamber with the loading gate and pull an ejector rod back that was spring-loaded. This took longer than reloading revolvers such as the Smith & Wesson, but uh, the Colt was simply robust and unlikely to jam in the field. The Colt was like most other revolvers at the time, did not have any safety mechanism. Instead, its users often carried it with an open cylinder or only five, make it this way, only five rounds in the gun. And the open cylinder, they closed the hammer down and it would be dropped on an empty chamber to prevent accidental discharge if the gun were ever dropped. And uh, in July of 1873, the Army adopted the Colt and ordered 8,000 revolvers along with a substantial run of 3,000 Smith & Wesson Model 3s. Uh, to re that was to replace the obsolete Colt 1860 Armored Percussion Revolvers. Uh, for many years, these revolvers served side by side, and the Army eventually favored the more accurate and easier to maintain Colt. The Army's uh, Colts cost $13 each and had a seven and a half inch barrels, wooden grips, and weighed two and a half pounds. Two and a half pounds. Interesting. Over the next 20 years, the government purchased 30,000 more, which were found mostly in holsters of cavalry, infantry, artillery, and some of the foot soldiers and all that good stuff, you understand. So uh, between 1895 and 1903, the Army refurbished 17,000 single-action Army revolvers by cutting down their barrels to 5.5 inches. These shorter pistols were then used by troops during the Spanish-American War, Philippine-American War, and the Moro Rebellion. The Army's Colts saw hard service uh, was on... Uh, on mainly on the western frontier, but on June 25, 1876, 200 troopers of George Armstrong Custer's 7th Cavalry were overrun and killed at the Battle of Little Bighorn. As the cavalry were usually one of the first branches to receive new firearms, Custer's men, all equipped with the new 1873 Springfield carbines and Colt Single Action Army uh, revolvers, well, it seems that the revolvers were taken as prizes by the victors, and we know who they were. Anyway, meanwhile, the single-action army had excellent stopping power, reliability, and simple orientation operation. It was slow to reload, and its single-action firing mechanism meant it had a slow rate of fire. Eventually, a double-action 38 caliber Colt Model 1892 came to replace it. But the Army complained that during the Philippine-American War, the 38 caliber round failed to stop the Mora warriors. In response, the Army quickly reissued a vulnerable 45 caliber Colt single-action army. So it was back in service. The Colt 45 endured. Theodore Roosevelt's volunteer cavalry during the Spanish-American War, better known as the Rough Riders, charged up San Juan Hill and the Spanish defenses with uh, their trusty Colts in hand. Even a young George S. Patton shot Julio Cardenas, Pancho Villa's second-in-command, with a Colt on the patrol during the Pancho Villa expedition. Because of Colt's military success, the gun soon found its way into civilian hands. As early as uh, October 1874, prominent gun dealer Benjamin Kittredge and Company of Cincinnati began marketing Colt's new pistol as the Peacemaker. While the, Colt, uh, the Army Colts strictly used 45 caliber rounds, 
The civilian pistols were offered with uh, other many other calibers. For example, in 1877, Colt introduced a new gun called the Frontier, which was a single-action army chambered in the, Win in the Winchester Repeating Arms 4440. <laughs> uh, 44-40 center cartridge, by the way. The 44-40 round was used in Winchester's popular 1873 lever-action rifle. And this allowed people to have a pistol chambered in the same caliber as the rifle, uh, simplifying what they had to carry. Over uh, 70,000 peacemakers were chambered in 4440, and all, uh, though the revolvers proved popular, it was expensive. During the 1870s, a brand new Colt peacemaker cost approximately $17.50. Sounds cheap today, but back then that was $330. And that was uh, equivalent to a month's wages for most people. Even though the Peacemaker and Frontier revolvers proved extremely popular on the Western Frontier with people who relied on their guns to survive, lawmen, outlaws, scouts, and cowboys loved the accuracy, power, and reliability of the Colt. Famous outlaws like Billy the Kid, Jesse James, and Butch Cassidy, and lawmen like uh, Bat Masterson, Ben Daniels, and Pat Garrett all carried Colts. And so did Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday on that fateful day in October at the O.K. Corral. The famous showman Buffalo Bill even owned a Colt Frontier and would be instrumental in cementing the weapon's legacy as the gun that won the West. These shows filled with mock robberies and gunfights also included demonstrations by famed exhibition shooters like Annie Oakley. Colt's target pistols were among the many firearms she used to wow the audiences with. You might be surprised to learn that the firearm enshrined as the gun that won the West wasn't the most popular pistol. Between 1873 and 1941, Colt produced approximately 310,000 revolvers. The lesser-known Harrison, Harrington, and Richardson, by comparison, had manufactured 3 million revolvers by 1908. But the excellence of Colt's design ensured the pistol's lasting prominence. Dime novel plays... Traveling shows like Buffalo Bills retold the exploits of soldiers and lawmen and outlaws with the Colt playing an important supporting role. Colt's earliest big screen debate debut came with silent cowboy films such as uh, Cripple Creek Barroom, 1898, and The Great Train Robbery in 1903. From 1918 onwards, the Colt's po uh, popularity waned with uh, the closing of the frontier and the uh, emirates of the new double-action resolvers and semi-automatic pistols. By the 1920s, the gangsters, not the cowboys, captured people's imaginations. Production of the Colt halted in 1941 with manufacturing capacity needed for the war effort in Europe. However, after World War II, Western movies soared into popularity and by the mid-50s, almost every Western hero in Hollywood had a peacemaker. Major movie stars like Burt Lancaster, Kirk Douglas, Clint Eastwood, Audie Murphy, and James Stewart all carried Colts in hundreds of films. John Wayne even had a pair of ivory grip custom revolvers, which were his signature pistols. At the same time, television shows like The Lone Ranger, Rawhide, Bonanza, and Gunsmoke, they all brought Colts to millions of Americans on television. The, uh, as a result, the newfound interest in the iconic pistol, Colt reintroduced, reintroduced the classic Peacemaker design in 1956. And guess what? They're still making them today. That's a good gun. I've actually shot one of them, and I loved it. I never owned one, but I actually got to try one out. Wonderful gun. 
and I'd like to thank thank everybody for you know putting up with me today. That was courtesy of Matthew Moss. He's a good guy. And uh, if you've got any bitches, gripes, or complaints, feel free to get in touch with me. And uh, at gunsmoke at yahoo.com. That's G U N S M smoke at yahoo.com. All lowercase. And uh, we'll get it back with you. I'd also like to thank my friends over at Pro Arms. That's over in Live Oak, Florida. They're, they're doing real good trying to help get me my Henry rifle. And so is Black Cloud Tactical in Lake City and JW Weaponry. Look them all up if you get into town. They're good people. And until the next time, I'll be looking forward to talking to you again.